Here to announce the push-off podcast just got extended. It's a four-year deal. It's equaling uh, a good couple million, I'll tell you that. Now, obviously, in the back end, there's a lot of voidable years, and most of this is not signing or none of it's up front. So, really, it's a performance-based, and we need a a, a good 8 million more subscribers. But, Dan, we can do it, right? Hey, man. It's not about uh, the championships you win in the offseason. We're going to have 8 million subscribers by Super Bowl time. (laughs) This is a push-off. Everybody, welcome to a new episode of Push Off Podcast, your favorite NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while getting you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us, as always, it's... Dan, re-signed for one year, $10 million, right? Dan, we are uh, deep into free agency now. We've got a good idea of where the big names are going, so it's time to discuss that. But also, prospects. We are continually making sure that it's not just the pro days it is our dire watch of some college <laughs> tape through youtube and discussing it for you mad so shout you, out the to listeners. all the youtube dudes that have put together right? these excellent like you know hey do you get do you just want to watch fucking tulsa's film <laughs> tulsa's defensive <laughs> film all day yeah yeah i do thanks for putting this together they're all 22 yeah i'll start highlighting players for you yeah oh man shout out mad shout out to them so way to way to go all of these fucking guys on youtube and we've been using their yeah using their stuff you know their passions that they do for free for our passion for free this podcast i think that's fair um, yeah it's a nice trade-off uh, there's so much to discuss here, Dan. What I'd like to do is start with the free agency signings, the mm-hmm. biggest ones. I got a list. Uh, we can go by division. Do you want to start AFC or NFC? Let's start AFC. I know we're always an NFC place, but let's kick it off. All right. AFC East, the Bills, Buffalo Bills, they're bringing in QB Mitchell Trubisky. It's actually they're bringing uh, it's in, great. Yeah. That's a great idea. You like that one? It's a we you talk like about him backing up Josh Allen. Yeah, we talk about a guy like whenever we talk about quarterbacks, we say you got to have a starter, right? Whatever he is, and then you got to have a scheme fit backup, and you yeah. either have to have one of those guys either has to be a veteran, or you have to have a guy that's like a guy you're you know young and grooming who might not fit the system. So they have that. They have you know Josh Allen, and then you have a scheme fit backup in Mitch Trubisky who can do everything Josh Allen can do, just worse at it. And then you have Jake Fromm, who is a guy that doesn't really do what either of those two guys do, but he's a young quarterback you can, you know, kind of sit there and groom. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what Fromm happens this, you know, offseason. Uh, they also brought in, the Bills brought in Emmanuel Sanders at wide receiver, mm-hmm. and then some big re-signs. Daryl Williams is coming back, and Matt Milano's coming back. The Milano thing I thought was great. I, I was worried he was going to go to a different team, but he feels so Buffalo to me. I'm actually, I'm really glad for them that he re-signed. Uh, moving on to the Dolphins, they're bringing in QB Jacoby Brissett. Makes sense. Running back Malcolm Brown. I'll run. How about this? I'll run through the each team stuff, and then you can hit on some that you like here. Uh, running back Malcolm Brown, wide receiver Will Fuller, 
And then the trade that we talked about, the linebacker Bernardrick McKinney. I think the Stills pickup is great. Or sorry, the the Fuller pickup Fuller. is great. It replaces the Stills loss that they had. Um, yeah. And I think it's awesome that they they're bringing in Bernardrick McKinney. But we talked about that a little bit last week. Yeah, uh, Patriots. Here's a long list, and we kind of <laughs> discussed a lot of these: Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, other wide receivers, two tight ends, Hunter Henry and Janu Smith. It's fun to think of those together. Uh, the trade for Trent Brown, we talked about. Uh, Devon uh, Godshaw, we talked about. Matt Judon, Kyle Van Noy, Jalen Mills, and the re-signings of David Andrews, Justin Bethel, but also the retirement of Patrick Chung. That Patrick Chung thing kind of shocked me a little bit, but I forgot he's been playing a good long time. And he also, you know, just didn't play at all last year. Right. And, and I guess maybe you take that year off and call it the COVID year and decide, Oh no, actually I was, I liked that. Not, not going to practice every week and not all that stuff was probably nice. And yeah. Well, the, I mean, for Patrick Chung, great, the, great career all in new England. Is that right? All, all in new England. I, I mean, there's a bunch of guys, they talk about it where they're like, you can physically play the game for longer than you can mentally play the game. Cause I think so. when you basically say, Hey, I just took a year off. I like my life. <laughs> it's you know, good for him. Obviously he had more productive years, um, that he could have taken, but you're starting to see these guys that have made enough money, like Andrew Luck, as much as I'm sure he would have loved to have won a Super Bowl, he's like, I'm 29 years old, I still got my fucking body, I, I think I'm done. Um, and good now for has, him. Has the NFL said that they're for sure not having training camp this off season? Um, It is still, they are not doing training camp currently. Currently? Yeah. They could decide to put, because that's, I feel like that's a big hurdle for a lot of these vets to get over is like, do I want to go live on a college campus for a training camp for two yeah. weeks, whatever it is. I think it's a big hurdle for these guys. Yeah. To want to play for that. Um, it's a long list of free agents. Let's keep going. The jets, the jets are bringing in wide receiver, Keelan Cole, wide receiver, Corey Davis, defensive end, Carl Lawson, uh, Jer- Jared Davis at linebacker and LaMarcus Joyner defensive back. I think that's a good a bunch of good additions to that defense. I think Corey Davis, like I said, if you if you don't expect him to be your number one guy, he's a great addition. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. the Jets improved themselves. We'll see what happens at the quarterback position because if if you sign those right. guys and then you also pick up like a a rookie first round, you go, ah, I don't I don't know if I don't know if you're using those guys to the, their best ability. Like you're supposed to have the quarterback in place and then add players like this, which kind of makes me think that the Jets feel like they do. Okay. Yeah, that, that number two pick, and we're getting closer and closer to mock drafts and all that stuff. It's it's hard to see what the Jets are going to do right now. Unless they trade away Sam Darnold here in the coming weeks, I'm going to assume that they are not in love with one of those quarterbacks and they want to give Sam another shot, and that'd Sam. be great. And and getting him a new surrounding, new coach, new coordinators all that stuff is what you need to see him in whether that's new york or somewhere else just give darnold a shot all right uh afc north the ravens didn't do a whole lot the big signing was kevin zeitler and then the re-signings tyus bowser's coming back barnell mcphee and Derek wolf uh, i mean the wolf the wolf retainment is excellent i mean people don't sure. give Derek wolf enough credit for the the presence he is on that d-line Bengals are bringing in Riley Reef. They're also bringing in Trey Hendrickson, Cheetah Bayouzie, Mike Hilton, and they re-signed backup quarterback Brandon Allen. I think Cheetah Bayouzie um, is a guy that had a really good rookie year as a Cowboy. Um, he's got a lot of potential still. Um, he he doesn't feel as um, 
as damning as as some other like cowboy cornerback washouts that we've had. But uh, mm. yeah, I mean he's he's a guy that should be able to put it together. I don't know if he's ever going to be elite, but he's a good value player. He could be your number two corner. So um, I think Bengals have been looking for corners for a bit here too. Yeah, they're going to need it. I, I think they help the defense there in Cincinnati. Cincinnati knows they're not ready for prime time right now, but I I think they're adding good young players that they hope will be ready to help them year two, year three of the rebuild. That Trey Hendrickson uh, being a big free agency get was kind of a surprise to me. Yeah. I didn't recognize him as that coming out of the last year, but I also you see that sometimes where a very good defensive end on the other end of a v- excellent defensive end, Pro Bowl perennial guy, mm-hmm. they get a lot of money one of these off seasons, and that's great. Good job, Trey. <laughs> yeah, get your get your um, bag. Yeah, get your bag. Browns are bringing in Tack McKinley. Cornerback Troy Hill, safety John Johnson the third. That's about it for the. Oh, and they they're discussing right now with Jadavian Clowney. Hmm, I don't know. I mean, those are good defensive additions. I feel like offensively they're ready to go. So that's really the only things they needed to address. Tack McKinley interests me. I hope he gets another opportunity. I mean, obviously he was dying down there in Atlanta. He wasn't doing anything productive, but the, yeah, good additions. I we talked about John Johnson's addition, kind of keeping Grant Delpit out, which I think might be long term problematic for them. But you mm-hmm. know, the Browns are making smart decisions. Uh, and the Steelers again, they don't do a whole lot in free agency usually either. But they're bringing in B.J. Finney and offensive line, and the re-signings. Juju Smith-Schuster is coming back. Didn't see that coming. No. It felt like it was over. And uh, cornerback Cameron Sutton. Juju coming back for one year, $8 million kind of surprised me. I figured if it was going to be like a one year, hey, I love you, Pittsburgh, it was still going to be like 12 mil, but $8 million, that's that's a bargain. Yeah, he's betting on, I guess, getting paid out next offseason. Sure. Um, we've got the AFC South. The Texans obviously are out there just spending money on whoever will be <laughs> willing to come. Quarterback Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod, excuse me, Tyrod, I'm sorry, our good friend, Tyrod. Uh, quarterback Ryan Finley. Running back Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay going to mm-hmm. Houston, Andre Roberts and Dantre Moncrief at wide receiver, Justin Britt, Christian Kirksey. They also did trades for Ryan Izzo and Marcus Cannon, and uh, the trade for Shaq Lawson. Yeah. There's the Houston Texans off. It's going to be a bottom four team in the NFL. Congratulations. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It's like, oh my God, what? Are, okay. Okay. Uh, and then the Colts. The Colts, again, they have all this money, and they're sitting on their hands on free agency. But I'm not arguing with so far, you know, they were a playoff team last year. We'll see. They did the big trade for Carson Wentz, obviously, and there's just been re-signs. Marlon Mack and T.Y. Hilton coming back. I mean, sometimes that's all you got to do. I would not be shocked to see this offseason a lot of extensions coming out for the Colts. Um, sure. You Might know, as well. You got the money. If, if you've got the money, you're like, hey, why don't we just – you know, if we've got the space this year, eat some of that space this year, have, you know, spare those contracts next year when everybody else is like, hey, we finally got money. And the Colts are like, yeah, we do too. But uh, now it's like, it's crazy good money. Did the Carson Wentz trade? Are they picking up a bunch of his? I mean, they just have to pay tab? his salary. Okay. It's still expensive. Okay. I mean, his cap hit's still up there. It's, just, you know, he's a quarterback. But yeah, uh, he's making more than Rivers made last yeah, year. Yeah, that is true. But Brissett's gone. So. True. They're paying about the same know. much, uh, the same amount at the quarterback position. Jacob Eason's like, I'm being paid in Skittles. <laughs> uh, the Jaguars, they're making some changes, and that's going to be an interesting one to watch all the way through with uh, the new head coach there. Carlos Hyde's there. Marvin Jones, Philip Dorsett, 
Roy Robinson Harris at t- tackle, uh, Shaquille Griffin, and Rayshon Jenkins. I don't understand what they're doing with a couple of those. Um, you know, the Carlos Hyde pick, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Why, why are we doing mm-hmm. this? But there, it seems like there's a couple guys. I like the Marvin Jones edition because they've got a really young wide receiver core. And Marvin Jones is like, hey, I'll be a veteran presence. There's still enough talent here that Marvin Jones may not be better than like a number two or three option, um, yeah. which could be great. And I think that'll help as you bring along a young quarterback is having a, a steady veteran presence at the wide receiver position that he can be like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, just hit me on the fucking 10 yards ends and LaVisca Chenault and DJ Chark will go deep for you. There you go. Well, And Shaquille Griffin is still a lockdown cornerback, I think. Yes, so. he's still really good. That's a nice one. Uh, the Titans. The Titans are going to look very different, I feel like. Uh, they lost a lot of players, and so far they're bringing in Kendall Lamb, Danico Autry, Bud Dupree, and uh, Janoris Jenkins. Bud Dupree may not even play half the year. Janoris Jenkins is is past his prime significantly. I don't think – I mean, losing a Dory Jackson, who we'll talk about when we talk about the NFC East, um, losing yeah. a Dory Jackson and bringing him in does not improve your team. I – I don't think Tennessee got better. No, that's what I'm worried about too now. Is Titans let a lot of players go, and then they're like, well, we replaced them with this. <laughs> You're like, okay, well, we'll see, cause, but I don't like it. Uh, AFC West is our last AFC division. The Broncos are bringing in running back Mike Boone. He was the third string of the Vikings. Yeah. That's the only reason why I probably put him down. <laughs> uh, Ronald Darby and Kyle Fuller at cornerbacks, and uh, they re-signed Shelby Harris and Justin Simmons got paid. I mean, the Denver Broncos are like, listen, you will not fuck with this defense. We promise you and will not the, fuck with this defense. That's the Vic Fangio way. Vic's not going to let you do shit to his defense. And the he's, offense, Fangio's, good luck scoring 12. Yeah, Fangio's <laughs> like, listen, man, we're, we're reloading at the offensive positions with what we've got. I mean, offensively, they did suffer a lot of injuries last year. So yeah, Cortland Sutton didn't play the whole year, right? Yeah, and then, Cortland Sutton, Drew Locke was hurt intermittently. Obviously, they had a COVID situation at the quarterback position. Ooh. You know, yeah. there was there was a lot going on offensively that wasn't copacetic for them. So I, I really hope they're able to at least improve offensively because that defense is not going to be fucking around. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs are trying to bring players back, but they're also restocking that offensive line. They're bringing in Kyle Long and Joe Thune. Uh, they re-signed Taco Charlton and Mike Remmers. Uh, I think the Remmers, not losing Remmers is good. I don't, you know, obviously he's not the fucking best offensive lineman there. I think the long addition could be really, really good for them. Um, and Joe Thune obviously is a massive improvement on that offensive line. He was probably the best available lineman in the class and going to a yeah, team that needs the help. Yeah, they let the tackles go, and these are more like inside guys. I mean, Kyle Long played some tackle, didn't he? Or am uh, I, I mean, he's going to play guard. He played tackle... Um, I think he went to where did he go? Miami. Um, yeah, but he played tackle, but he he won't. I mean, was he's he a always guard. guard in Chicago? He was always guard in Chicago. Joe Thune's a guard, right? Center. So who's their repl- center? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, Mike Remmers. <laughs> You're back at tackle, Mike. Sorry, buddy. I don't think that's a good idea either. But all right, the uh, Raiders are bringing Kenyon Drake, wide receiver John Brown, center Nick Martin. Uh, Yannick Nagakwe off the end, and Solomon Thomas. It's all speed and Solomon Thomas. <laughs> That's right. Solomon Thomas is like, speed I still have a job. one guy to stand in the middle. Yeah. Two guys to stand in the middle, Nick Martin. Can we Who's can it? we talk about what a shit draft that turned out to be, that it was, you know, fucking Mitch Trubisky, then Solomon Thomas? What the fuck was going <laughs> on there? 
It's a it's been a rough start for those guys, but they they're still playing. Here we are talking about them. Fair. Maybe they, maybe they make us turn on team two of their career. Uh, and then the Chargers, last team in the AFC, they're bringing in Jared Cook, center Corey Lindsay, and defensive tackle Matt Feeler. Yeah, the I mean that's nothing. No, no, it's a lot of yeah, a couple of vets, but. We'll see what the Chargers do. That actually makes me uh, happy. It feels like the Chargers aren't going like, hey, we got to win with this kid right now. They're like, hey, we're going to go into the draft. We're going to build. You know, we're adding in positions we absolutely have to need. Like, we don't talk about this a lot. Uh, I guess we do. Maybe every free agency we talk about it. Like, you cannot go into the draft looking to fill a starting position. You can't. Yeah. You can't do it. Yeah. If you do it, you're fucked. Um, if you go, That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah, if you go into the draft going like, we don't have a starter here. Now, it'd be one thing if you go, hey, we can upgrade two or three positions here in this draft that's great but you have to have a starter a guy that you feel comfortable playing the the opening game of the season at the end of free agency if you don't this is you're reaching the perfect time to bring this up just finished the afc we're heading into the nfc and we are still in the middle of free agency there is a lot of starters that are still out there that couldn't be picked up by teams uh we start with the nfc east and the dallas cowboys who have gotten quarterback cj goodwin mm-hmm. and jordan lewis safety yep. keanu neal and obviously the big re-sign was dak prescott mm-hmm. uh there's other guys i'm sure that fill out parts of the roster but right guys. now yeah and right now are there pl- is there a starting positions open on your team that you believe before heading into the draft, safety. guys, that they should safety. We still even have with a, Keanu Neal coming. We still have a need at safety. I think Jordan Lewis being re-signed along with Anthony Brown means we don't. We have all the starters we need at our, our starting three corner positions with Diggs and mm-hmm. with Diggs, Brown, and Jordan Lewis. We're good to go. We still need a safety. Keanu Neal. It doesn't look like he's going to play safety. It looks like he's going to play like a, a a Jack hybrid linebacker safety thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like we're good at linebacker there. We've added a bunch of talent on the defensive line. Um, not, you know, obviously top-tier talent, but rotational talent. So we have enough starters there. I really only feel like we're missing a safety. And we brought in Malik okay. Hooker, so it might be him um, or DeMonte Kazee. Uh, so th- I feel like by the end of this week, we'll have a full team and we'll be able to go into the draft and say, hey, best available. Because that's where you always yeah. want to be. I agree. I agree. Okay, cool. Um, the rest of your division, the rest of the NFC East, it's the Giants bringing in QB Mike Glennon. He'll be back up. Devontae Booker in the backfield. John Ross and Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay got paid. Kyle Rudolph and Afadio Denebo. There's a couple of old yeah. Vikings. Uh, Reggie Raglan, cornerback Adoree Jackson, and they re-signed Leonard Williams. That is a lot of players and a a little more uh, skill players for Daniel Jones to play with. I I think the Giants helped themselves tremendously this offseason. I feel like wide receiver was a position of weakness for them. I feel like they still Mm -hmm. need to attend to the offensive line. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, the defense looks like it restocked a couple positions of need. Yeah, like I said, the Giants are not going to be abysmal next year. Um, I I just, Daniel Jones needs to make that leap. But isn't that, can't that be said by pretty much, you know, 30 right. teams in the league is like, oh, we need a little bit more from our quarterback. True. I would, though, say that like when you're looking at the especially the two QBs that play in New York, you're like, okay, I, I agree they need to show me something, but also you need to give them something. True. And I think the Giants here have done it. The Jets, kind of. They Corey, get, Davis, Corey Davis okay. is helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Corey Davis is we'll a, see kind and, of thing. But. And they're in a position where, you know, the Jets being at number two, they may say, yeah, Sam Darnold's our guy. Give me Jamar Chase. 
you know. Right. Or they may say, hey, right. let's trade back to somebody who really wants a quarterback, get back to five or six, take Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith, and then you've really given him a lot of weapons. You know, and oh, then, it's a lovely place to trade back there, dead two overall. Don't you? Because you know what the Jaguars are already doing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, the Eagles. Eagles are uh, bringing in backup QB Joe Flacco, uh, Hassan Ridgeway, Andrew Adams, and Anthony Harris at safeties. Flacco's from Pennsylvania, so for, he's basically signing the deal for nothing just to play for his hometown team. Um, uh, which I think, I mean, people forget he went to Pitt. I mean, he you know played in Pitt for two years before transferring to Delaware. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think this helps the Eagles at all, but I don't think the Eagles are looking to make a lot of waves in the division this year. Flacco's an East Coast guy. He got up in that mountain there in Denver. He's like, fuck this. I got to get back to the East. You've been, to, you've been to Colorado, right? People. Yeah, I've, I mean, I visited. Yeah, oh, Gorgeous, but man, fuck that altitude forever. It's some. It's something uh, nice about that, like how it can snow in the morning and just all be melted away by the afternoon. I love that. I didn't like the, the dryness. I was, I was oh, yeah. drinking yeah. gallons of water. Just yeah. insane. Uh, and then finally, the football team. We're bringing in QB Ryan Fitzpatrick, Lamar Miller at running back, Curtis Samuel, and a cornerback, William Jackson the third. The most dangerous man in football is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Nine, right? <laughs> at, at any point Team in time. Nine or 15, whatever, yeah. for him. It's, I mean, this is, this is kind of the perfect situation. We, we talked about it. Don't go in without a starter. This solidifies, hey, we've got a starter at the quarterback position in Washington. He may not be the guy you want for the future, but you can't tell me that there's not a couple teams in the NFL that wouldn't be like, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick's a starter. Right. So, right. And makes sense. Yeah. Fitzpatrick there on that team with uh, bringing back uh, Taylor Heineke and you got Kyle Allen, who's the guy you brought over because he's played with the coach. Yeah, that's a fine quarterback room to start with given where you're drafting, I yeah. guess. Uh, all right, uh, the NFC North. We'll talk about the Chicago Bears, who are bringing in Andy Dalton, Desmond Trufant, safety Deion Bush, and just recently running back Damian Williams. Uh, they also re-signed uh, German Fetty and Mario Edwards Jr. I, I think it's funny watching all the Bear fan reaction, like, Andy Dalton. It's like, he does improve your quarterback room. He's better than Nick Foles. He's better than Mitch Trubisky was. And like I said, it now... I wish you had this from Bears fans. If Andy Dalton is the plan going forward, put a gun in your mouth. But if you're like, <laughs> hey, we're going to have Andy Dalton and we're going to try to move up in the draft and get a good quarterback, or we've already fallen in love with somebody. We've had five guys we gave first-round grades to. Um, yep. You know, we're going to move up. We're going to get a valid starter, and we won't push him. You know, we're going to have Andy yeah. Dalton so he can learn from a good quarterback like Andy Dalton slowly. And if he outcompetes Dalton in the, in the offseason, all better. It, I think what you discussed is probably the only way that uh, Pace saves his job here. He's is, done. He's done no matter what. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I like that move, though. If I'm the Bears, obviously where you put your foot in the mouth is the thought that you'd get any of those top quarterbacks, that Russell Wilson was ever, ever going to leave Seattle. If you ever thought that, ah, it sucks because it's like, I don't, I mean... 50 to 1. I, I And I've been surprised like that before. Sure. I have been shocked by football news and trade news before. But, oh, my God, that would have been top 10, top 10 ever. Earth-shaking. Yeah. So I didn't expect it, but at the same time, Bears fan, uh, if I was a Bears fan, absolutely I'd get my hopes up. Absolutely, because I heard it 
too much. So when it didn't happen and it's Andy Dalton, that's when it really hurt. But if you do come back and you trade down, or even if you end up with Mac Jones where you're at, which could happen in the draft, yeah. Then then the Bears fans are like, okay, maybe somebody is paying attention and pulling them strings back there. Because uh, you, I don't know, but I that it's thing, been a rough off season already for Chicago. Yeah, the thing that hurts them is that Akeem Hicks might not be there, and Kyle Fuller's already gone. So you go, you didn't make the defense better. Yeah, you didn't really make the offense better by that much, and you paid and a premium. Out, it came out that those were like the two players probably they were trying to trade to Seattle, plus a, a plethora of first round draft picks, I'm sure, and now they have to cut them both because they just can't afford them. Like that's rough. Now Artis Hicks wants a. Uh, pay, pay raise in free agency so i mean he's getting there late if that's what happens so good luck but we'll see he's still very good mm-hmm. uh the detroit lions are bringing in running back jamal williams a couple wide receivers prashad perryman and tyrell williams uh tight end josh hill and obviously they made the trade for jared goff and michael brockers and re-sign romeo Aquara. yeah none of that moves the needle for the lions they are the fourth best team in that division yeah, especially because the wide receivers are a big step down. I like the Jamal Williams pickup. Sure. I think he's still very good, but yeah. It's it's the Bears and the Lions fighting it out for the bottom of the division. Uh, the Packers, literally, I just have down that they re-signed Aaron Jones. I don't know if I missed anything, but I think that's yeah, all they've done. That's pretty much all they've done. God, like, and I can look at the NFL website while I'm here, but no. I, and that's that's fine. That's Green Bay par for the course, and can't argue with success they they don't seem to have a problem when they do it this way but it doesn't you i guess you can draft a very it's a very heavy wide receiver draft they could get a, a nice guy in the first round for rogers and everybody be happy but draft another quarterback uh, in the first re-sign mercedes lewis and re-sign kevin king yeah none of that and none of that moves the needle no a packer fan wouldn't be excited about either of those either aaron jones brought back is awesome that's yeah. huge but that's it uh, and then the Vikings, they are brought in Stephen Weatherly, Dalvin Tomlinson at tackle, uh, linebacker Nick Vigil, and quarterback Pat Pete. Patrick Peterson's there. Yeah, I think that's fun, man. I, I think having Pat Pete, I think Zimmer just fucking absolutely creamed his pants to have a DB of Pat Pete's quality. Even, even if Pat Pete, sorry, even though Pat Pete has lost a step or two, he is mm. still a top cornerback in the league. You know, he's no longer top five. But he's still top 20, top 25, and you have a lot of veteran knowledge that you can imbue in a very young secondary, and, you know, they'll draft three more DBs. Yeah, yeah, we'll get around to that, sure. No, Patrick Peterson, it sounds like this was a thing that him and Zimmer talked about all the time kind of thing. Like, (laughs) once Patrick Peterson was going to free agency, it sounded like almost he picked up the phone and called our front office and was like, what are you guys looking for? Because I could do a year here. And, and it worked out, and that's great because you're right. Uh, what we saw last year was a defense that lost a lot of starters, a lot of vets, and all of a sudden a bunch of young kids were like, we don't know what we're doing here. You could give us some type of leadership. Peterson's that for the at least the secondary. Um, and then I love the idea of Dalvin Tomlinson lining up next to Michael Pierce on that front line, mm-hmm. a team that couldn't stop the run uh, as if it was – covid virus is that too soon yeah that's too soon until so, so uh, <laughs> we've, uh, we've both been vaccinated but it, uh, i want to if i ask myself the same question i asked you with you cowboys 
yeah, there's a few starting positions that the Vikings are still missing. Uh, they lost Anthony Harris, so it's the opposite safety from Harrison Smith, I think, is still open. And uh, offensive line, I don't know who plays tackle or who plays guard in a couple of spots right now. It's problematic. So they need to fill those. They made some – I mean, this has been the offseason of restructures, as we've seen. And they've done that with a few more players. Also, there's this rumor that Daniil Hunter wants out or a bunch of money. So he might need an extension. So I don't know. I don't at, know how the money the gets time, around this year. You could trade a guy like Daniil Hunter as much as he's great. And we love Daniil Hunter. Yep. You get a yep. lot of capital for Daniil Hunter. That's right. You get a lot of space in, uh, on your money, and you'd get uh, some draft picks. But mm-hmm. then, hey, now defensive ends is a very big need. Yeah, you got you got to <laughs> hit on those draft picks now. That's right. There's not too uh, many great right. pass rushers coming out in this draft. I mean, obviously we'll get into it uh, not next week but the week after. But, uh, yeah, there's there's pass rushers to be had, but none of them are Daniil Hunter quality. They're not top, yeah. Well, and Daniil Hunter, nobody knew what he was. He was a third rounder. So I knew what he could was. could happen. Uh, that's right. Dan loved – that's right. I remember that. You loved him. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to NFC South, the Falcons. They got linebacker Brandon Copeland and a trade for tight end Lee Smith. Yep, nothing That's all. none of them. That's matter. all I got there. Uh, the, the Panthers, uh, wide receiver David Moore is coming over. Tight end Dan Arnold, Pat F. line on the line. Linebackers uh, Denzel Perryman and Hassan Reddick. Yep, doesn't matter. Hassan Reddick I like, but he's got to work there. Yeah, I've, Hassan Reddick put it together on a really good, uh, you know, fucking Cardinals, Cardinals defense. And then when he came deep, up for yeah. free agency, they're like, bye-bye. Yeah, you know, that should tell true, you everything yeah. you need to know. Uh, and then obviously the Saints are not signing anybody. They don't have the money, but they're re-signing. They brought back Jameis Winston, Ty Montgomery, and Marcus Williams on a tag. Yeah, it was weird. Actually, the Saints emailed me and asked me if I could take a pay cut. And I was like, are, am I on your salary <laughs> cap? And they're like, yeah, a little bit. You remember five years ago we re-signed you? And I was like, oh, that's right. You gave me like $40 million. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I know we backloaded it, and it's all coming due this year. Can you make it voidable? And I'm like, yeah, sure. We're no good at this. Yeah, Sorry. dude, their cap situation is fucked. <laughs> I wouldn't have worked with them. You take that money and run. <laughs> oh, you tie, uh, you're going to Tyreek Hill him? That's right. <laughs> and then, yeah, sign my deal. Fuck the you. Uh, the, uh, then the last team in this division is the Buccaneers. And though they're not bringing back anybody new, they are bringing back everybody. I was they're shocked. They're not bringing in anybody. Yeah. Uh, Chris Godwin, Gronkowski, Shaquille Barrett, Levante David, Nick and Sue just like today signed oh, really? another one year deal with them. Yeah. Good for him. So everybody is coming back to the Super Bowl winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers to try to run it back. Good for him but, for getting that ring and good for him for coming back. I mean, they're not going to do it again, but uh, I don't think so, but good for them. Yeah. We've this and then we flash over forward and we're wrong. Can't believe uh, they did it again. It, yeah, NFC West. This is West. This is our last division. The Cardinals bringing in wide receiver AJ Green. Obviously, defensive end JJ Watt. Matt Prater at kicker. They traded for Rodney Hudson, and they re-signed Robert Alford. I can't laugh anymore about uh, you know what happens to retirees. They all moved to Arizona. <laughs> so there are a lot of old guys. I mean, yeah. dude, there's some fucking old dudes there, man. They still play football. Uh, the Rams are, uh, well, they're bringing in Deshaun Jackson. That just happened. And then, obviously, the trade for Matthew Stafford and the re-signed Leonard Floyd. That's basically all the Rams have done. But I'm excited to see Stafford there. 
Yeah, I mean, he's going to make them better than they were, but, uh, it, yeah, it's... We we didn't talk about the fact that the, the fucking Cardinals did not re-sign Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, Larry's going to be a free agent, so we'll see where he goes. I mean, there's Maybe a chance a... he still comes back, but it's tough. Yeah. Especially with A.J. Green there. I mean, A.J. Green is better than he is right now, but A.J. Green still fell off a fucking cliff. Yeah, I'd like to see if A.J. Green is 100% healthy, I'd like to see him try again kind of thing, but, yeah, good luck, especially, I don't know, that wide receiver room is kind of busy now. We like Andy Isabella and Hopkins there. Yeah, I'd love to see Fitz in Minnesota. Just put <laughs> a little, would. put a You'd little symmetry on the Fitz career. You'd love to see Fitz in Minnesota. Come I on, I mean, he's yeah. C- come home, Fitz, for a team friendly, home friendly deal. You you play wide receiver a uh, three. You teach the young Jefferson man how to be uh, all pro perennial. You wouldn't pay we'll go get Larry you that Fitzgerald ring. five mil. You'd pay Fitz five mil. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. I think everybody would. I mean, you know. If he's th- if he still thinks he's commanding eight nine ten million dollars, he's crazy. But I'd I'd pay Fitz three to five million, even with all of these holes in the offensive line. Bring him in. Can <laughs> yeah. he play guard? <laughs> he probably could. Probably could. He can play everything. Uh, the so. uh, the 49ers. Uh, 49ers are bringing in Alex Mack, Samson Ebukan, Emmanuel Mosley, and then they re-sign their fullback, Kyle Juszczyk, and Trent Williams got yeah. paid. Trent Williams is a great – I mean, he's still going to play in the league for another six years. I mean, he'll be 38 when that deal is done. <laughs> uh, but you can play in the NFL as a, as a pretty quality tackle to your mid-30s. Yeah, see how he does there. And then uh, Seahawks, uh, Gerald Everett, tight end, and then uh, oh, a trade for Gabe Jackson, and they re-sign Chris Carson and Puna Ford. Doesn't help a ton, but it doesn't make them worse. Right. I think Chris Carson, Puna Ford, those are the best places for him, so that works out for everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is the catch-up on oh. the free agency. That's the biggest names, but ding, that's a lot. But that's free agency. That's a lot of fun. You see the, yeah. the classic players that you know in a new look. Yeah, a lot, a, new of, system. a lot of people changing hands this year, man. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, a, a regular season of free agency, even though there's no money. So that's fun. <laughs> NFL finds their way. Um, okay, there's more to discuss here before we hit up our prospects. Uh, and I think the one big thing we do need to talk about is all over the news, and we see how this goes around, but Deshaun Watson is not having a good couple of weeks here. Uh, nobody is in these scenarios. There is somewhere around, I'm just going to say, somewhere around a dozen new lawsuits for sexual harassment open specifically on Deshaun Watson. And uh, this is a sports podcast. And as I always say in these things, it's hard to to, to delve into this stuff. But we've always been like a, a big uh, betrayer of this guy, Deshaun Watson. We loved him coming out of the league. And this podcast, one of our first things to do was like anoint him this amazing new quarterback in the league if any of this stuff is true god dang that's awful and shitty and you know no human being should act this way around people kind of thing what he's being accused of and alluded to i haven't read a lot of police reports i don't know a lot on this stuff Uh, we can discuss oh okay dan can delve into this here i'll maybe be on here to discuss like how it affects the trade market for the man or whatever. <laughs> you know, the stuff that doesn't really matter when all this stuff's going on. But, yeah, go ahead, Dan. Your thoughts on this. So I want to start out by saying this. O.J. Simpson was a hell of a running back. 
O.J. Simpson also abused his wife pretty significantly. Um, and I'm sure was involved in domestic violence incidents in college that were covered up. You know, you don't mm-hmm. just start one day becoming a violent person and then sustain violence for the next 30 years. It creeps into your life pretty early on, especially when you're one of these anointed one players, like one of the greats. Um, people start doing whatever the fuck you want to do. And perhaps more poisonously, when people don't do exactly what you want to do, you not only don't understand why, but you lash out and you create mm-hmm. situations of hostility for other people. Deshaun Watson is a hell of a quarterback. Deshaun Watson is also, with almost no doubt in my mind, a sexual pervert and a predator. Now, the degree to which this man is depraved, we don't know. But there's so many corroborating stories. You know, people go like, well, you can be falsely accused. It's like, yeah, but people have some fucking texts of him being like, hey, sorry about being inappropriate. If you text seven or eight different masseurs that, hey, sorry about being inappropriate, you're not sorry about being inappropriate. You did that shit on purpose. There's a pattern that is emerging from a lot of these things of a guy that's like, no, 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 just fucking do it. I didn't give a fuck, you know. And he, with impunity, he's like, yeah, I'm Deshaun Watson. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. You're not going to do anything. You're not going to touch me. That was the feeling I kept getting by reading these. And they're not police reports because no... And I want to I want to address this. No yeah. police reports have been filed. No charges have been filed against Deshaun Watson. And some people may look at that and go, well, that's proof that this is just a fucking witch hunt. And I don't think that's the case. I think generally in cases of sexual assault or sexual misconduct, it is very difficult to prove it. Oh, yeah. In a court oh, of yeah. law to make it actionable by way of misdemeanor or felony. It's very, very difficult. It is less difficult to prove in a civil court uh, liability against an individual. So the best course of action for, you know, I guess justice in this case, it's very hard to get, you know, incarcerated justice. For against, those, yeah, yeah wrong. Yeah. He's, he's not going to do any time in prison. Like, let's just talk about that right now. He's probably not going to do any time in prison, but he will probably get suspended for an entire year by the NFL. Mm-hmm. I, without a doubt, he's going to get suspended for an entire year. But there you go. Uh, he'll get it suspended for an entire year. That is big. But if he wasn't Deshaun Watson, and again, like you said, he's in that scenario and he's probably doing this shit because he's that good of an athlete. But if he wasn't that good of an athlete, this would ruin his career. He wouldn't play another down. He wouldn't play again. You know, if he was a no. mid-round draft pick guy that doesn't play quarterback... Adrian Peterson yeah. beat his kid with a fucking stick, was basically yeah. out for an entire year, and people were like, yeah, but he's Adrian Peterson. Let's see what else he's got in the tank. Ray Rice <laughs> punched his girlfriend on film, and everybody was like, yeah, but Ray Rice was kind of on the downslope anyway. Let's stay away from him. That's honestly yeah. where we are. Yeah. You, you get measured for your value, and not your past your, value, your future yeah. value. You your know, leash is as long as your talent. Like yeah. We know how this is going to go. He's not going to do any time. He's going to settle a lot of these court cases, or he's going to be found liable in a lot of these court cases. He's going to lose a fucking ton of money. The Texans are going to wind up either releasing the guy or someone is going to wind up trading for him next Mm. year when he does a year-long, hey, I I got therapy, I did all this sort of shit. Uh, Yeah, I was a fucking monster. He's going to go the Michael Vick route without going to prison. And he's going to be back in the NFL in a year and a half. And then you have to decide how you feel about the guy. 
and and then he's going to be in this echelon of athletes that are vilified, perhaps rightly so, by the vast majority of football fans, and deified by the fans of the team that they play for. So yeah. that's that's going to happen to Deshaun Watson. We're going to have this conversation in a year, and we go, Deshaun Watson's found a new team, and he's rehabilitating his image after a year out of the NFL. That is exactly how this is going to fucking go. The only way he doesn't get back in the NFL next year is if he's in prison. Yeah. But we won't no, see right. Deshaun Watson for the rest of the year. Yeah, all this stuff is is exactly how it's happened in the past and that's how you can we can be so sure of it uh, Mike Vick uh, all, anybody who's gotten in trouble and then they can come back and, and do more for the league oh well let's see how they do so if, you're right that's probably it uh, I also want yeah so whether or not this yeah comes down or not it, it's kind of got to be something you brought up yeah no charges have been filed or anything like that well, no charges were filed when Zeke was suspended for, and that was six, you know six games for whatever. Zeke did and six no, games, and at no point was Zeke really accused of like fucking f- forced fellatio right. and rape. Like, right, this stuff was not yeah nearly what it was for the other stuff. And there's others too that were suspended for a good amount of the season without any allegate or without any um uh, actual police yeah documents yeah. For anything filed against some lawsuit you whatever oh but these are lawsuits i'm i'm messing up on what's happening to sean watson here basically yeah you're right he's probably screwed over for this season done and if any of this stuff is true that's unfortunate that it's not for much longer and that he yeah you know, goes away for a while and yeah it sucks it sucks that these people believe this but there's got to be some way to start working back against this. And I think the way to do it is for this stuff to come out, no matter how awful it is. And it's awful for the people that it happened to because they have to relive it again. And it's stupid that it, it, it has to go this way. But, you know, why is it 12 women all of a sudden out of nowhere? Because the first two or three gave the power for everyone else to finally come out and say something. Oh, shit, that happened to me, same guy. If it's happening to me and happening to them... I better start saying something because it's happening to everybody. Yeah, and that sucks. At, at best, Deshaun Watson is a sex pest. <laughs> sex pest. Seriously, I don't think at, seriously, like at best, Deshaun Watson is a guy that's like, touch me, pee pee, touch it. Like, <laughs> I, I, sorry, we. It's part of our job to kind of make light of this, but yeah, yeah, at, right. At best, that's what he is. So. I mean, think about that. If you're a fan of Deshaun Watson, you're like, my quarterback is like, touch my pee-pee or I'm angry. Fuck you. And at <laughs> worst, he's a rapist. Yeah. And so you go, there's nowhere on the spectrum where you can stand behind this guy and be like, that's my quarterback. You're not going to Terrell Owens this fucking thing and be like, that's my quarterback. you got to let this process play out. If you're a Texans fan, if you're a team that wants Deshaun Watson yeah. to be your starter one day, great reconcile that shit for yourself <laughs> this guy is a sex pest or a rapist and he's somewhere on that fucking scale you decide where because it's never going to get decided in a court of law but that's where he is he's a sex <laughs> pest or a rapist or somewhere in the middle which is you know creepy fucking molester yeah no none of it good none of it good uh let's let's continue on let's continue on because again this is already becoming quite the show 
Um, we did want to bring up that Isaiah Wilson, that trade did not work out. He's already cut by the Dolphins. I think he's done. Uh, and there's, this happens sometimes. These players just do not want to keep working, keep uh, staying in the game. Uh, the Dolphins said that he was hours late to the physical, didn't show up for workouts, that he said he'd be at for the week. I mean, they're voluntary workouts, but I guess when he says, yeah, I'll be there, and then it's not, it's just not something that's going to work out. So basically they said he didn't want our help, so we cut him. And that's all you can do. I mean, I I understand where the Dolphins were coming, going, hey, look at this guy's fucking tape, man. If if we can get him in the right, maybe the fucking Tennessee Titans were the bad place to be. And then you go, nope, it's the fucking guy. Oh, okay, bye. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's fucking get out of Happened here. Happened to him. Yeah. So that's it for uh, Isaiah Wilson, probably. We'll see if he can bounce back. I don't know. Um, oh, fun little bit here. After the uh, Stafford and Goff trade, we talked about how Michael Brockers – is over there apparent is in Detroit now. Apparently, he is quoted by saying that Stafford is a quote level up from Goff, and then like days later, the Rams trade him over to where Goff is still playing quarterback. Unfortunate for Brockers. He said he he backtracked since he's texted Goff and said it was I was saying it more of like a fan booster quote than anything, and and I get it. You got to do that when when your team signs a new quarterback over. He, he's playing defense. He's not going to catch any passes from the guy. Yeah. Uh he's it's he's a step up. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, I I don't I think that's a little overblown. It'd be one thing if he's like, "Finally, we get a real quarterback up in this motherfucker." You know. Yeah. But I mean, l- legitimately, Matt Stafford is a step up. Like if we're being honest, if Michael Brockus is being honest, like, yeah, it's a step up. Matt Stafford's a multiple-time Pro Bowler. He's got an arm like a fucking howitzer, and, you know, he's been a really this good quarterback. This goes to show. Yeah. You got you to gotta know what you're saying. I mean, at any point, you could show up playing for these the same players again. So I would never compare one player to the other. Just be like, he's a very good quarterback. What about the quarterback you guys just had? Oh, yeah, he was great, too. <laughs> yeah. I wish I get a chance again, you know. This is, <laughs> yeah, that'd be like, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to miss Jared. I'm going to miss Jared. You go, no, you won't, actually. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Uh, hey, there's some news. There will be an in-person draft in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, the NFL is is leaking some stuff right now. It says there's going to be a secret number of prospects, media, and fans in attendance. I think what secret number means is we don't know yet. <laughs> How, we'll tell you when we however get However many people are willing to show up. That's right, yeah. Whoever uh, can prove that they're not going to be a super spreader come on down spend some money uh and then speaking of money the last thing last thing i promised before we hit those running backs and linebackers the new tv deal for the nfl uh and in down year when oh this poor nfl really took a hit in the pocket because they couldn't bring any fans in hey things are looking bright they pulled a 110 billion dollar deal over 11 seasons. So this will be through the 2033 NFL season. That's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) It's not bad. I've got the uh, intricacies of it, the specifics and and what we're looking at. All games Sunday and Monday are going to remain on the stations they were on. Fox, NBC, CBS, and Sunday, Monday, ABC. Those are all going to stay where they are. Thursday night football, exclusively Amazon Prime. You won't get it on Fox anymore. Whew. You won't get it anywhere. I don't. You might not even get it locally if your team plays local. That might not be a thing next year. You might have to go get Amazon Prime if you want to watch football games on Thursday night. 
Uh, ABC is going to get back in the Super Bowl mix. I think we brought that up in an earlier show. They are going to their first Super Bowl back will be the year 2026. ESPN is going to get a divisional playoff game. They usually have one in the wild card round. They're going to get a divisional one too. So it seems like ESPN ABC is going. Uh, we want to get back on that NFL teat, if you will. <laughs> Uh, one of the most exciting things about this is Monday Night Football is going to be able to flex games starting in Week 12. That's really good, right? That's going to be very helpful because we're. It's going to remember there's 18 weeks this year. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting too because all of a sudden, yeah, it's a you're playing on a different day. It's not even you're playing the night game. You're playing a whole different day now. They usually they're good at flexing those like a good week or two in advance, so you know, but. Yeah, that's interesting. And then uh, finally this season, ESPN is going to add two Saturday games with, quote, playoff implications, excuse me, the final week of the season. Nice. I think that's good. Yeah, more games spread out. I think they noticed that this season when they had to put some Monday night 5 p.m.s that, hey, people will watch. (laughs) True. NFL rules all when we need to. (laughs) Wednesday at noon. I'll be there. I'll be there. Okay, well, that's the new NFL deal on TV. That's all the new free agency stuff. Why don't we we break here, and when we return, let's hit up the, the prospects, huh? Running backs, linebackers, do we have any elites today? Stick it right here. We'll be right back. Being beat up and battered around. Being sent up and I'm being shot down. Thanks for sticking in here. It's time to discuss our prospects for the week. Dan, what are our positions we're looking at this week? This week we are looking at pursuit linebackers and running backs. All right. And uh, I know we cover this every time, but pursuit linebackers, what's that position group usually? So pursuit linebackers, generally you're talking about any inside linebacker, whether it be in a 3-4 or 4-3, and you're talking about outside linebackers in a 4-3. So uh, Will linebackers or Sam linebackers, um, guys that are going to play the left outside or the right outside in a 4-3. Traditionally, you'll also see the guys that play in a 3-4 outside linebacker role, we consider them edges. Um, So you wouldn't see a guy like T.J. Watt is not going to appear here. Um, Mm -hmm. T.J. Watt offered too many pass rush options. He's an edge guy. Um, We had another guy like Isaiah Simmons. a couple years ago, who was a pursuit linebacker who is now a, uh, a starting linebacker for the Arizona Cardinals um, because he's a guy that is probably going to be handling a lot of guys in coverage, going to be taking a lot of the middle of the field. Generally, when we're talking about pursuit linebackers, we're talking about guys that are running downhill after the ball carrier rather than frequently trying to get after the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, they're not coming off the edge. They're lined up behind the defensive line. Yeah, your uh, mics. And, uh, yeah, they got to have that, that speech uh, sideline to sideline. Do you want to start with those guys, or do you want to start with those running backs? Let's go ahead and start with the linebackers. I think the linebackers are the only group where we had something close to an elite. 
Oh, close. No cigar. All right, who's your first? If we're being honest, I don't actually think he was that close to elite. Oh, okay. And who is this? Uh, So the number one ranked prospect, and I agree with this, he's probably the number one ranked linebacker, pursuit linebacker in this class, but it's not that far, Um, Mm -hmm. is a guy named Micah Parsons from Penn State. Okay. Yeah, Micah Parsons. This guy's 6'3", 245. I mentioned Isaiah Simmons, um, and Micah Parsons reminds me of a a athletically less gifted, technically more sound version of Isaiah Simmons. The uh, NFL comparison I found was Jalen Smith. I I think he does not possess the read and recognition skills yeah. that Jalen Smith had. Um, Jalen Smith was a much better downhill linebacker in terms of a guy that stopped the run. Micah Parsons doesn't stop the run the same way Jalen Smith did out in Notre Dame. And we got to remember... Jalen Smith, when he was a prospect at Notre Dame, was a top five ranked prospect until he blew mm-hmm. his knee out. The prospect, Jalen Smith, is better than the prospect, Micah Parsons. But Micah Parsons is going to give you, we always, I do this, and I got to stop myself from doing this. This is a quality player. Yeah. So so let's talk about some of the things he actually does really, really well. Um, one, this dude is fast as shit. Two, yeah. he hits like a fucking truck. Um, this is a guy that doesn't have an, uh, and we talked about edges being guys that, you know, pass rush almost as a primary is an exclusive. Um, he's got some pass rush abilities. Most of it is just athletic. He's a guy that's going to, uh, rush the quarterback or get into the backfield and create havoc, but it's not through swim moves, bumps, things like that. It's just straight line speed. Um, he creates a problem with that for a guy that's 245 pounds, um, I, I did see another comparison to him that I like, which is Miles Jack, but Miles Jack yeah. was faster. Um, so Micah Parsons is a guy that you can safely take him in the first round and feel really good about it. He comes from Penn State. When was the last time a bad linebacker prospect emerged from <laughs> Penn State? Um, right. And this is a guy that, even though I don't think he's a top 10 pick, this is definitely a top 20 pick in the NFL. Um, this is a guy that can help you right now. And you know, he's got some read and recognition issues, but if you simplify the position for him, maybe move him to a weak side linebacker um, while he develops some of those techniques, I think that could be great. He's not a guy that's going to captain your defense right now, but two or three years down the road, he definitely could. Yeah, I think given where we've seen these types of guys are at the top of the mid linebackers go, is you're looking at him probably in the teens of the first round. You're probably right, his grade is probably further back for that but he'll go pretty high um i liked watching like when they let him blitz he seemed to be pretty instinctual on that good first step he's a nice explosion for a linebacker be right he's very raw he'd lose track of the ball honestly in locating it and stuff i I think he's more focused on the his man than what the quarterback's doing and you want a little bit of both when you're there especially as the middle uh linebacker but I liked watching him, though. Yeah, he was a lot of fun, and you're right. He's going to be a very good prospect for a team, and he's going to be a day-one starter. It's just a matter of can you trust him to to, to call your defense? Probably not right away, but yep. he'll get there. He'll certainly get there. Well, if you're uh, looking for a player like that. Yeah, tell me. I've got one for you. Okay. Uh, his name is Zaven Collins out of Tulsa. Also a fun fun one to watch, yeah. I, I actually liked Collins' film way better than I liked Parsons' film. 
Okay. So Parsons but, would show you things athletically that you're like, oh, yeah, that's fucking great. But you would see Collins make decisions and reads and recognition that you're like, oh, yep, that's something that uh, would have caught Parsons flat-footed. And I I think scheme-wise, uh, he Collins fits really, really well into a cover two or a Tampa two as a middle linebacker. I feel like he's a true middle linebacker. He's six foot three, two sixty. That's a load. You know, yeah. th- this is a guy that can stop you at the point of the attack. Now he is not. Um, I mean, unfortunately, he's not a guy that is going to blow up the backfield with hits. You know, this right. is not a guy that wants to do that. He wants a defensive line that's going to collapse it, let the ball carrier get a little bit to the outside, and he's got good enough pursuit skills, excellent rec- recognition skills, and he's going to move towards the ball. He is very dangerous as a linebacker in coverage. This is a guy that you do not need to take off the field for any play. Um, this mm-hmm. is a three-down linebacker, and I love to see that from a small school like Tulsa. Um, this is a guy that is a day-one starter for me in a cover two or Tampa two defense. I think you hit on something there at the end is the, the he played in Tulsa and he misses that athleticism that Micah Parsons has. And that's why Parsons is going to probably go ahead of him is because the worry that Zayvon Collins isn't going to be able to do all the things that Parsons will have the ability to do. The ceiling on Parsons is probably up there higher than Collins. Now what I think I agree with you and Collins is, because he's been a starter for three years and seems to n- know the play happening in front of him, he's a guy that could immediately be, like you said, the running your defense. He he could be a the starting, you know, the guy with the sticker on the back of his helmet for your yeah. defense there, calling those plays, got the mic in his helmet uh, immediately. Um, I think, yeah, you missed some stuff. Uh, the NFL comparison again that I found, another Cowboys linebacker, Leighton Vanderesh. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Van Der Esch was excellent because Van Der Esch was a guy that had injury issues, but without the injury issues, he was an absolute fucking stud. He was a top 15 pick. I don't think he's nearly as athletic as Leighton Van Der Esch is, but he's definitely a guy that can strongly contribute to your team. Uh, next one on your list for linebackers. Next one on my list is Mr. Jabril Cox out of LSU. Yeah, LSU guy. This is a long, lengthy, athletic player. Yeah, he's athletic, a ton of production. I mean, this is a guy that played starting linebacker for LSU, and there's been a couple good ones of those pretty recently. Um, That being said, Jabril Cox is not in their athletic echelon. You know, Mm -hmm. this is a guy that is a redshirt senior, um, has, you know, excellent film, especially this last year, um, but doesn't make doesn't make the fastest decisions. Like he's not a, a quick twitch athlete that you're looking for. Like this is not Devin white coming through here. Um, this is a guy that's going to probably not be your starting middle linebacker, but he could play any linebacker position. He can run, he can cover, he can hit. Um, I like Jabril Cox. I think he's probably a second round pick, um, but I like the measurables. He's a, he's an NFL quality linebacker. Yeah. I don't think he falls day one. I agree with you. Um, I think he makes up for a lot of his later, um, instinct you know his instincts in the play and stuff by just speed and pursuit and and good length to close gaps on people and he's good at that um he, he's not as bulky as the other guys he worries me yep. in hitting players and, and you know yeah really coming downhill on him 
and getting off of blocks. If if an offensive lineman gets up a step from him, a lot of times he's out of the way of a running back kind of thing too quickly. But again, he's very good. He's very athletic. You can put maybe some more meat on him, and, and he could be pretty good. Well, um, you, you got to remember he's yeah. he's about he's bigger than Devin White. You know, yeah. Uh, obviously, and I thought Devin White, White was, was an elite athlete, athlete, but yeah, he's bigger than him. I mean, he can he's got the size to play in the NFL. And like I said, I th- I think he's probably better suited as an outside linebacker, um, in a four three, but. I mean, like I said, he's a versatile linebacker prospect. Yeah, uses speed more on the outside. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, next guy is it the 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 one from Alabama? The next guy is Dylan Moses. Yeah, Dylan Moses. This is a this is an interesting whole story. Uh, so Dylan Moses is a guy that I think right now is a starter quality NFL player. Okay, I don't know if he has anywhere near the ceiling of any of the three guys that we talked about already. Mm -hmm. Quality production comes from a great school in Alabama, but there's parts of Dylan Moses teams or parts of his, uh, parts of his play that I think are um, problematic. One, he's got an excessive amount of injury history, Um, Mm -hmm. broken history, broken foot, he tore his ACL, um, it has not been easy for him, and I don't think he has returned to his freshman playing abilities. From what I got from Dylan Moses and, and hearing about him, it was like this guy was the stud coming through, and that's why Alabama was like, yep, we're going to go give you a scholarship. You're going to be our star on defense. And then he came in and he played very well, but guys that are touted like that, it starts coming down to and you're know, the injuries too. It starts coming down to earth where you're like, oh, you're just another very good player. What makes you any better than these players over here? Nothing really. And then that hurts you down the line. Like he wasn't really the standout at the end of his college career, like people were hoping he'd be. But he's still very good. He's still going to probably be a what third rounder, maybe um, I even think second. He, I think he's a second rounder because he fits that idea of what the second rounder could be—a guy where you have a ton of potential, or where yeah. people see you as a guy with a ton of potential. Dylan Moses, like I said, after an ACL injury, it takes you like two years to recover from that shit, if we're being honest. So he's probably right at the end of his recovery period for that, and you go, all right, if the athleticism that we saw when he was a freshman is still there, then this is definitely a guy we need to bring in with a late second-round pick. Not saying an early an early second-round pick, but a late right. second-round pick. This guy might wind up being in any position starter at the next level in the NFL. All right. Well, there's uh, four of the five linebackers you wanted to talk about. Before we get to the last one, I, I finally realized what you do. The last, I think, later round guys, you just pick them by their name alone. <laughs> is that what it is? Because, again, well, we got another wild. Like, we had Divine Diablo last week. Come on. <laughs> well, I some of it is that, and some of it is I'm generally looking for something odd. Uh, sure. A lot of times, if your name is odd, your play is odd. Um <laughs> In this case, the name is odd, and the play is actually consistently adequate. Um, okay. So, Tough Borland, um, his name is actually Jared, <laughs> but he goes yeah, by Tough because that's his middle name. I, his middle name is Tough. Yeah. His middle name is actually Tough, T-U-F. Um, <laughs> so, Jared Borland, or Tough Borland, uh, was the starting linebacker for Ohio State, which, mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all know this, Ohio State's a pretty good fucking school. Um, you know, this is a guy that was there for five seasons. Um, this is a guy that played as a redshirt senior linebacker. Physically, 
this is an undersized fucking dude. Um, he's only six foot one. He's got that linebacker 230, uh, 230 pound weight on a six foot one frame. He's built well, but there's some athletic limitations. Um, Mm -hmm. there is not a lot of pass rush skills. There is not a ton of, um, thump when he hits you. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's good, steady pursuit linebacker shit. Um, this is a guy that knows his gaps. This is a guy that fits his gaps and doesn't really ever blow up the ball player because of it. But, you know, there was decent shit to watch on his film. He's always been able to get some pass rush. He never had more than three sacks in a season. Um, and he only had one interception his entire career. This is a traditional around the line of scrimmage linebacker. And if you have need for that on your team, I think you can probably waste a fifth or sixth round pick on a guy like Tough Borland. Uh, local guy too. Grew up in Bolingbrook, Illinois. Yeah. Um, he yeah, vocal leader, Ohio State's D. I read. Uh, I loved how you said like yeah. Every tape I saw, he just pops into that that hole. The running backs there, and it's just mine here. This is where I am. Yeah. So he reads that very well. And at um, no point are you ever like, oh, that that uh, that running back better hold on to that ball. It's like no, he's he's got it. He's just going down. Yeah, um, this is, he's a sure tackler when he's there. Yeah. You're right. He, I'm worried that he doesn't have the speed to keep up with running backs out of the backfield or doesn't have the size for tight ends going down the field. That's your worry with Tough Borland. But other than that, he's going to be solid for you, I think. Yeah. Yeah, this is a sound like we talk about. And so one of the other reasons why we pick a guy like Tough Borland, to be fair, one, his name mm-hmm. is Tough Borland. Um Two, every once in a while I do like to dap up some Ohio State guys as a Michigan fan. I'm like, I've got to be fair and throw an Ohio State guy in there. You'll (laughs) notice it's never a sexy Ohio State guy. It's always like some (laughs) sixth-round fucking pick. Um, But to better understand the NFL, the vast majority of players in the NFL are not first-round picks. Yeah. You know, and a vast majority, if we're being honest, a vast majority of them are not first- or second-round picks. Um, there are always guys that show up and fill your fucking roster. Guys like Tough Borland just show up, play for you for five or six years, and you go, hey, you remember that one play uh, like three or four years ago where Tough Borland, you know, bobbled the ball three fucking times and uh, was able to, you know, take it back for a small touchdown? Hey, wasn't that fun? And then you never think about him again. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you're right. That's, yeah, it's cool because, uh, we look now, I mean, how many first overall draft picks have really panned out? I mean, yeah. really. <laughs> so No, it's true. I right. mean, especially over the last 10 years, the draft has been a real crapshoot. You can get some quality guys in the first round, but nothing's a guarantee. A 50% success rate is amazing. Yeah. The the successors of the draft are the ones who are, are finding these starters in day three. And I think Tough Borland probably there. Are you thinking... Fifth oh, round, sixth round. Yeah, he's definitely a day three guy. I mean, there's a chance he goes undrafted if you if you really do have questions about his athleticism. Um, but I think playing on a team like Ohio State for as long as he did, showing as much consistent performance as he did, um, I think that really does help him. He didn't have a great redshirt senior season, but he wasn't a liability. Um, he was just offering up a lot of. I mean, you also got to remember this is a guy that probably had his best year playing behind Chase Young. Yeah, right. And yeah, so that's a good point. That's that's pretty good. You know, it frees you up to make some decisions. Ohio State's defensive line was not nearly as impressive this year as it was the year before. And whenever your defensive line isn't as good, your linebackers aren't as good. It's just the way okay. it goes. 
But those are our linebackers and a good look at the prospects that are coming through here for the 2021 draft right at the end of April. Uh, let's get into these running backs because there's some fun ones in this group too. Who is the first of our running back crew do you want so to speak with? The first of our running backs is uh, a young man named Travis Etienne. Clemson. Okay, Travis Etienne, probably a first-rounder. Travis Etienne, I, the best comparable I can give you for Travis Etienne is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Oh, okay. I yeah. got uh, Raheem Mostert. Okay, I mean, Raheem Mostert, I think, is a is a bigger back. Yeah, I would know? agree with that. But he does get Etienne and Mostert, they're smooth out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, half of their, their play is, yeah, catching it. Yeah, I mean, this is a versatile fucking dude. I mean, this is a guy that I thought honestly could have come out last year and probably okay. have been a first or second round pick. Um, I don't think he necessarily helped himself by going back this year. I mean, especially because you're you're going back to a Clemson team. I, I'm sure he thought when he went back, hey, I'm, I'm going to have Trevor Lawrence, who's going to be doing everything he can to get me involved, but I don't think it helped. Um, I still think he's a late first round talent, potentially a second round talent. Um, but this is a guy that could be your starter right now. He's good in pass protection. Um, he's a good runner. He's good out of the backfield. Sure hands to your point. This last season was probably his best season production wise out of the backfield. He had almost 50 receptions coming out of the backfield. And like, that is when we're talking about like current generation running backs. That's what you're looking for. You know, yeah. Rushed for almost a thousand yards in a in a shortened season, and caught fifty balls out of the backfield from an NFL quality quarterback. That's what you want. I think he's a tough guy, but I also think he might not move the pile. If there's not a hole in the line there, he's gonna kind of struggle. You need a kind of a pattern to block for him a little bit. Um, I he's got home run speed. He so yeah. you get him in the open field, he's gone. Uh, elusiveness too. Um, there was a talk that he might not be a every down back because he didn't carry the ball much, but is that not because Clemson just doesn't run the ball a whole? I mean, there seemed to be a pass first offense, right? Because he they had are. just two games where he only ca- where he carried the ball over twenty times. So he is a guy that in the modern NFL, he never had more than two hundred and twenty carries in a season. Last yeah. season he had one hundred and sixty eight carries. But each season he had over 13 touchdowns every year from his freshman and if he's to his catching year. the ball 40 times or whatever that that's going to balance out yeah. right now the same could be said I I don't want to invoke this name cuz I don't want to give anybody the wrong impression but are you really going to ding Marshall Falk for not being a pile mover you know what I mean it's right. it's just a completely different way that the guy plays the game that's not really that's not the shit. Um, True. You know, Travis Etienne is a guy that you can feel comfortable with as a starter. He's a guy you can feel comfortable with running the ball. Is he your short yardage back in a goal line situation when you've got to have one yard? Probably not. Um, but on that game-winning drive, do you want him in the backfield for 99% of the plays? Fuck yeah, you do. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, who's the next uh, running back on your list? The next guy, and I think this is, once again, it's probably a scheme issue, depending on what you're more interested in, is uh, Najee Harris, a running back out of Alabama. Yeah, for me, watching these between these two, I might like Harris a little bit better. Now, I think I like him better because of his size. He's a much bigger back. 
and uh, you know from Alabama and Clemson, they're both playing probably the best of the best against defense and stuff like that. But this guy for NFL comparisons, I I kind of got like Stephen Jackson. He's got the the patience and then a a good amount of uh, heftness when he hits that hole. Yeah, it, this is not. Uh, I mean, to talk about Alabama running backs, this is not Josh Jacobs, everybody. Uh, right. You know, this is not a guy that's like, oh, shit, lightning in the hole, uh, you know, one cut extraordinaire. And this is also not Travis Henry. Uh, oh, sorry, not Travis Henry. Who am I? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. My but it, you're like, right. He's also he's not a Travis big guy, Henry. number 22 for Alabama. You're like, Derrick Henry? No, it's not Derrick Henry. I can, I know that. <laughs> yeah, Derrick Henry was a, was an honest to God fucking freak. Um, Najee Harris is a big running back that will need to play in a traditional offense. Um, Mm -hmm. You can't tell me that Mac Jones, wherever he goes, wouldn't be happy to see Najee Harris in the backfield with him because he knows he's getting a guy that is good in pass protection. Uh, You know, not a guy that's going to stone you, but he's big enough to take on linebackers. Um, A defensive end is going to run him over, but find me a a fucking running back in the NFL that that's not going to happen for. Um, he's good out of the backfield. He's not, he's not that level of Travis Etienne, um, but I think he's also a more powerful runner than Travis Etienne. So if you yeah. had Etienne and Harris, what we were just talking about, I would want Etienne in the backfield 99% of those plays, but you give me that fourth and one or third and one where you've got to have it, fuck yeah. Najee Harris, I, I really do feel like can move that pile. Najee Harris doesn't have that home run speed that Etienne has. He'd probably be caught in the open field type of things and stuff like that. And Etienne, yeah, right, I think he's better out of the backfield. But Najee Harris has still some very nimble feet and jump cut. He's wide on his stance. That He seems very good at that. I Yeah, I really like Najee Harris here. So he's kind of – Etienne, I mean, there's no knock on him, but if I had to pick one, I'd go Najee Harris first. I just think he could take more of the beat <laughs> throughout yeah. the the game. Yeah, I'm not season. worried about I'm not worried about having a complimentary back to Najee Harris. You know, right. I'm saying to myself, he can do everything that I need him to do, including get those short yards, get those tough yards, and he can do he can be a downhill runner. He can be a quick cut runner. He's not as effective, but he can do everything. And Etienne does have some limitations. I don't feel like Harris does. He just doesn't, mm-hmm. to your point, have the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're in the same agreement. Uh, next running back on your list. It is Ramondre Stevenson running back out of Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, this guy was, was neat to watch. Um, I felt like he, like another Oklahoma back, runs very straight up like Adrian Peterson did. He's not Adrian Peterson. The the NFL comparison I have him is like Gus Edwards. Uh, yeah, this I can very much see. I don't know what his uh, – it's Gus Bus. I don't yeah. know what Ramondre's, uh, you know, rhyme scheme would Nickname be. Nickname would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ramondre's entrees. The- like just serving up heaping helpings of fucking steak because this is a big boy i mean he's about six feet tall and he weighs as much as Najee harris and holy shit this guy looks like he devastates buffets yeah 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 this guy was fun he's a big boy he runs hard he's a juco transfer which you actually really love to see um doesn't have a ton of production at you know the peak 
of college football, but was a very effective runner for an Oklahoma team that doesn't run the fucking ball a lot, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a guy with very limited um, film, uh, excellent pass protector. I thought he was really, really good in pass protection. Um, only ran the ball over two seasons less than 200 times. That's not what you're looking for. But had an excellent yards per carry average. Um, I think the thing that makes Ramondre Stevenson uh, fun to watch is how much space he had to run because Oklahoma really spreads you out. He's not going to have that (laughs) at the next level. Um, This is a guy that you, you don't need eight men in the box to stop him. But at the same time, you better get a couple guys in the box to stop him, or he's going to rip off at least a three or a four. Um, he can, yeah, he can roll out of arm tackles, make a little extra yards, that kind of stuff. But also, if there's not a hole there in the line, he's not going to improvise bouncing to the outside a whole lot. Yeah, if, for Ramondre Harris, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, I think if there isn't a hole there, he will try to make a hole there. Right, right. Um, and a lot of times that can be really frustrating as a fan to watch a guy like Ramondre Stevenson go, why did you just run into the back of the fucking guard? He goes, I thought I could push him. Uh, yeah. And that's just, it's just not the fucking case. So this is a guy that I have closer with like a third or fourth round grade. I would love to see, so this guy we're talking about now, um, and I think the next guy we're going to be talking about are potential fullbacks. So Ramondre Stevenson could be a starting running back. I think he actually could be an excellent fullback in the next level. There's a Juco mm. transfer. He's got history in a wide-open offense that threw it a fucking ton. This is not a guy that demands the rock a bunch, and it is still a guy that in a short-yarded situation absolutely can be a fucking load. Okay. I can see this guy maybe as a fullback. I, I don't get who the next guy we talk about, though, is. Who is that that we uh, would? The next guy we're going to talk about is Javante Williams. Okay, yeah, North Carolina. You really think he could play fullback in the next level? I, I think he could. I don't think he'd be a great blocking fullback, but this is another guy with a ton of ability, none of it elite. Okay. Does yeah. that make sense? I like, guess so. So if you're going to be fighting for yards or fighting for the ability to be a starter, um, this is a guy that got steadily better every year uh, that he played but this is also a guy that had an excellent, excellent junior year. Uh, you know, yeah. his freshman and sophomore year, he didn't top. Um, he didn't have more than like, what was it, five, six touchdowns a year. And then he blows up as a junior for 22 TDs. I like, I mean, I, I thought, uh, yeah, he, he's great at breaking tackles, running with balance. He doesn't go down easy. Usually takes a couple of guys to kind of take him down. Uh, and has the speed to bounce it outside. Um, it's just, yeah, the, the jump cuts are a little slow, and he's also some guy that he hasn't had a lot of carries. I think he did over 20 carries just four times in his uh, career, and then yeah. was also, oh, he was suspended for the first six games of last year for failing a drug test. Is that something to worry about with this guy? Uh, no, not really. Um, so, okay. I mean, Generally, if you're a college running back and you didn't get suspended for a drug test at some point in time in your career, I actually worry about you. Um, I worry <laughs> you didn't have any fun in college. Uh, uh, it's hard to be a running back, man. Cool to watch, though. And from what I'm hearing, his stock's going up 
and stuff. Like he could be a second rounder. He could be. Um, I he's going to go before Stevenson. That's for sure. Because Stevenson really does fit into that fullback role, whereas you might think a guy like Javante Williams could be a starter for you at the running back position. Um, do you remember when we scouted Devin Singletary? Sure. How much we like Devin Singletary? Yeah. And Devin Singletary is the exact opposite of this guy. Singletary yeah. had so much you know, tread taken off the tires and was so productive Whereas uh, Javante Williams is like, listen, man, I, I haven't even rushed for like three. I haven't even had 300 carries, you yeah. know, yeah. I'm, He's I don't new. have a lot of fucking tread. You know, I have a lot of tread on my tires. I think I'll get better every single year. I don't know if athletically he's got the ceiling. Um, I think Najee Harris has a better athletic ceiling than Javante Williams does, but this is a guy that I could very much see being in a running back stable, getting 600 yards a year for you from a number two position. Yeah, I think uh, Javante Williams, if if he hits and is a solid, like the best that he can be back for you in the NFL, his NFL comparison is close to that of like Kareem Hunt. Uh, ooh, ooh. I mean... It's being too, too kind to the guy? Yeah, I think Kareem Hunt had some real athletic ability. Like, Kareem Hunt had a ton of fucking production in college. He had yeah. a ton of issues in college as well but a ton of production. I don't think he's quite to that level, unfortunately. Okay. Well, that leaves us with just one more prospect for the uh, episode, and that is the running back from Memphis. It is the running back from Memphis. Uh, this guy fits two of the things I'm looking for in a uh, later round pick. Number one, an excellent name for a running back, Kenneth Gainwell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, uh, Kenneth, how's your running? Well, I, I had good gains. I gained well. Uh, and number two... <laughs> they're all bits, everybody. Uh, and the number two thing that I like about him is, does he remind me of a Dallas Cowboy that's currently on my team? Yeah. Um, and he actually reminds me a lot of Tony Pollard, um, okay. which is a guy that played Memphis, was a running back in Memphis, had a lot of... Uh, had a lot of chances to catch the ball out of the backfield, was pretty good in special teams, was an all-around contributor pretty much everywhere um, on the offensive side of the ball. And, yeah, I mean, he's fucking good, man. Um, there's two concerns with Kenneth Gainwell. One, he opted out of the entire season. Um, yeah, last year. But team. he also had family members that died, which is one of the reasons Oof. why he opted out of the season. So this is one of those guys where I don't, I don't think the interviews of like, hey, why'd you opt out are going to be as important because it's so fucking obvious. You go, oh, yeah, I mean, I would have done the exact same. This is a guy that as a sophomore with Tony Pollard gone, absolutely fucking exploded, you know? Right. You got, he, yeah, so he's basically had that one year standout though in 2019. And so he's kind of that. Yeah. Yeah. Do we, yeah, do we believe that or was it just a one year flash in the pan kind of thing? But He's fast. I mean, he's got a second gear in that open field. He's elusive. And other than maybe being a uh, a concern in picking up, like, blitzes as, like, oh, a third down back out shit. of the backfield, <laughs> he'd be nice. Yeah, you know, he ain't picking up blitzes. That's that's not a Kenny Gainwell right. thing that's happening. You'd put him back there to, yeah, to get out of the backfield. But, you know, otherwise, I, I, I liked watching him, yeah. Yeah, Kenny Gainwell could fall anywhere between – the second round and the fifth round. That's what I put down. I go at the highest. He's a day two guy. 
Yeah, there's Kenny Gainwell is not going to sneak into the first round. I really just don't think that's a possibility. But his athletic upside, his speed, his production in one year in Memphis, a team that has already produced a running back that is NFL quality at that position in that system, it makes teams less nervous to go, oh, well, Tony Pollard was good doing kind of the same thing. You go, okay, well, maybe Kenny Gainwell, who showed us even more than Tony Pollard did, might be a, a really good option here. Okay. All right. Well, hey. We just finished our prospects. That is uh, five pursuit linebackers, five running backs, ten prospects that will get drafted in April during that NFL draft that is apparently going to happen live in Cleveland, Ohio, folks. Um, But now we've given you an idea of ten prospects that could end up on your team just in this episode alone. No elites, but plenty of first-rounders. Plenty of guys that spread all around the three days of this draft. So it's going to be exciting to see where these guys go and what what team colors they'll be wearing for 2021. Uh, As we continue, we've still got a few more uh, positional groups left to look at for our prospects. Who do you want to look at next week, Dan? Next week, we are actually going to we're going to skip a position. It made logical sense to do edge rush and uh, you know tackles, but I'm actually going to move inside. We're going to talk about interior, offensive, and defensive linemen. So guards, centers, tackles, and noses. Okay, there you go. The the big boys in the interior. We'll get to those pass rushers uh, and tackles in a later week. Then, and that that's exciting because those are some high draft picks too. So. There's a handful of guys here still to look at. Are there any more elites left? We'll have to see. That's the excitement that's coming for the uh, the remainder of these prospect looks for the Push Off Podcast episodes. All right, well, let's wrap it up then here. Uh, Dan is uh, rocking his one of his babies to sleep, uh, and we are all just hitting about an hour and a half long podcast here. So and, let's wrap it let's, up. Let's rock this baby to sleep, huh? That's right. Let's rock this podcast, baby, to sleep. Thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode. Uh, We like to get one of these out each week so we can discuss everything that happened as well as get you ready for this next season that's on its way. The NFL draft is happening at the end of April, and we are slowly getting you through all the prospects that could be drafted over those three days. Uh, please check us out at thepushoffpodcast.com. That's where you're going to find all of the prospect uh, looks, uh, even our catch-ups on free agency. If you want to relive the good seasons and the bad seasons of the last few years, it's all there at thepushoffpodcast.com. Uh, we also work with a handful of other podcasts at the Universe Head Family Network. Check it out. It's all there, universehead.com. All right, crazy stats time, Dan. Here we yeah. go. Uh, Since 2011, the Jacksonville Jaguars have spent $1.4 billion in free agency. They have lost nearly 75% of their games since and are now on their fifth head coach. Christ. (laughs) That's awful, man. Crazy Jaguars stats. (laughs) And finally... The Miami Dolphins currently, unless something happened here in the last like day or two, currently have no players under contract over the age of 30. Good. Fuck all those oldies. <laughs> uh, Dan, 
That's you, that's, that, we, that's you and me. What? No, I'm so young. I'm so young and we sexy. Could, no, we could not play for the Dolphins. We obviously could not live in Miami. Yeah, it's true. Ooh, I, Miami. <laughs> one, I don't have the body for the NFL. And two, even if I had the body for the NFL, I don't know if I've got the body for Miami. Uh-uh. No, none of us. <laughs> also, not body. This, yeah, I would I would burn up in there. My Irish skin complexion. I, oh yeah, I we, last we would that my You'd lose weight very quickly as your skin melted off the side of you. <laughs> Just I would melt it down. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I I've never been to Miami. I have no interest in doing it because I don't like pastels or cocaine. Um <laughs> so I think I'll probably avoid it for the remainder of my okay. days. Uh but those are my crazy stats. That's our episode. Dan, please, your parting words of wisdom. Football is a commitment. Um, Isaiah Wilson, I think, is a demonstration of a guy that isn't committed to what he's doing. And you might have all the skills in the world, but if you're not committed to what you're doing, it's going to be real impossible to do. I say this to you while recording a podcast and feeding a baby because we are committed here at the Push Off Podcast to bringing you the best football news and analysis every single week. Let that be a lesson to you. Until you have two babies in your arm and you do this, you know, part-time sports broadcasting thing that you do. <laughs> I don't know how what your level of commitment is. Maybe step it up. Yeah, step it up. There we are. All right, that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. I am Scott. And this is Dan. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your free agency and the draft on its way. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>